that would be John chapter 8. Praise God. Now, I told you last Sunday, or the Sunday before, I should say, that um, we just came out of a big ball game, and so we, uh, we, we, some of us did. Surely all of y'all did. Surely all of y'all went to the, went in your head, you just checked out of the spiritual world and, and just got carnal with me and, and rolled tide all evening. Hallelujah. And, uh, they're about the third quarter. I know, I, I think I felt y'all casting your care upon the Lord, for He careth for us. And, uh, I heard people saying, you know, we're praying. Well, I wonder what if God's on Georgia's side. You just, you, you just never know how people uh, ascribe that. You know, well, of course he's on Alabama's side. Of course he is. Uh, don't read lips during the broadcast. Don't read lips. Yay, yay, yay. We won't go there either. But, but in that, we know, my point being, is you know the church cannot live on defense. You cannot just have a, a, uh, an armory attitude that if something comes, a diagnosis or a bad report or news that's negative, a bad report, we'll load up and we'll defend that and try to get back to normal, whatever normal is. That's not the way we've been created. It's not what the Word says that we should do, and it's not even um, the, what, what the weapons of our warfare. None of those are defensive. They're all uh, I say not none of them, but most of them are offensive. Now, we go out and we get up in the morning and the devil says, uh-oh, she's up. Uh-oh. And we go looking for a devil, somebody that's stirring stuff and trying to see if uh, they can get something started. We just go out and say, I'm looking for you and I'm taking you out today. I know that sounds unchristian in the sense of uh, reality, but it's the way the kingdom's supposed to be. We're supposed, to, we're supposed to end this thing if the Lord Jesus comes for us. If you can hang on for another few days or a year or two, we're supposed to be taking, we're, we're supposed to be having destruction of the kingdom of darkness in our wake. Hallelujah. And that's what the word says. And here, I want to read this again. We read it so much, but in verse 31, uh, it says, uh, Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him. So there was no critics in this bunch, and we, we are those that believe on him. So he would say this to us, If ye continue, so we're already there, if ye continue, not give up, not, not uh, uh, grow weary in well-doing, because you'll reap if you faint not, Galatians says. If ye continue in my word, then, so there's a pause there, then, continuing my word makes you my disciples indeed. Now, here's the verse that, that's so life-changing. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth, that truth that you know, not all truth, but the truth you know, that you are intimate with, that you understand, that you, that you are uh, made it your own, shall make you free. And the connotation there, as we've talked about, is Jesus was saying, make you as free as me. Not just better, not just like, well, little, that, that's better, that helps, I, I'm doing, yeah, that's good. No, as free as he is. And so I, I came up with this this morning, I was praying about this, and you just see if it fits. If you could extrapolate this to say, you shall know the truth, and that truth that you know shall make you free, then if there's any area of our life, and that'd be a broad spectrum, anything in your life that's not free, what would you say the cause of that or the reason of that or the remedy of that is? You'd have to say the reason we're not free in any area, maybe it's finances. Maybe you worry about money occasionally and just say, you know, yeah, 
you know, and you listen to, you know, you, you, if you mute the TV for every time a, a, a medical commercial comes on, you hardly get any time in. It makes you realize how many commercials we have to watch to get through something. But they're terrible. And then they read the side effects, which just makes you go, I'll, t- I'll take my chances. <laughs> uh, if anything's bothering you, you have to say, I'm not free there. Because then you'd look at places where you are free. Now, financially, and this is just a relative place, I think I'm free in my money. I haven't always been, but I've road tested this thing. I, I'm, I'm pretty particular about my money. I'm real free with my money, real free. Uh, if the Lord hadn't helped me, I would have been over the fence and in trouble. I'm so free. And I'm not as free as a friend of mine who is the most generous man I've ever met. He just... But the Lord always comes in. But I'm free in my money, but I didn't used to be. And I have to say, it's because of the Word. I tried the Word. I proved Him now herewith, saith the Lord, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing that you cannot easily contain. I've, I've taken Him to task about that. I've, I've said, I can't know that I know that I'm going to heaven if I can't know that this Scripture's true. How can I know that that Scripture's true? You've you got to get something that there's something unmovable about and then measure from that. And so if, uh, if, uh, if medical bothers you, and I will say this about anybody, it's hard for medical people to get healed. Harder, I should say. More challenging. It's not harder in the Lord. It's just that I have a brother that's medical, and he just knows everything medical. And my folks, if they get a little whatever, well, you, my brother is calling them saying, well, I've got a doctor friend, and he says this, and he says that. There's no chance for them to ever say, let's believe God. But back to this, you have to say you're not free. If you worry, if you take an anxious thought, then that's an area we're not free about. Would you say that would be true? Yes. He said, if you'll know the truth, then in that truth, medical, I mean, uh, health or uh, funding or a job, if there's any nervousness about debt or anything like that, you'd have to say, we'd have to say, I'm not free there. You talk to Christians and say, you know, do you know, do you know, do you know you're going to heaven? Well, I hope so. Well, what makes you think so? Well, I've tried to do the best I can. You know, I leave people alone and this plethora of things that are not scriptural. You know they're not free. I've had him tell me, family, I hope he doesn't come right now because I'm working on some stuff. Well, that's always going to be, isn't it? We never solve a problem that there's not one behind it. Oh, if I get my kids raised, get them out of high school, then I'll have money everywhere. Well, that's never worked. Well, if now that I got this one married off, now I won't, I'll have all this money. That, that's never worked. I, that's where it actually begins. Hallelujah. <laughs> Because then, you know how that works, and everything like that. Uh, Free indeed. I want to be free indeed. I want to be as free the Lord is. I want to be as free in in health as I am about going to heaven. I'm sure about heaven. Are y'all sure? I'm regenerated. I'm born again. I'm I'm on the inside like Jesus is on the inside when he was walking the earth. I'm, 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 I'm a new creation in Christ. We all are. But you got to know some things. you got to know some things. you got to work some stuff out and work some stuff in. Or you're nervous about the Lord coming back. All my family's nervous about it. When I talk about the rapture, you know, let's, mother, let's go in the rapture, you know. 
You know, we just don't want to talk about that. Just always on edge. Most people are. These are good Baptists, and Baptists, it's pounded in them with a wooden mallet. I'm telling you, they, they get it every week, every, every time. And if they're not comfortable with that, turn with me to Luke chapter 12, if you would. So anything that we're not free in, I'd have to say this, that truth is not dominating there. Now take this to your life right now. Be honest, not, not this morning so much, but, but be honest and say, you know, I, I'm a little nervous when, when the doctor when I've got this thing in my side and uh, I don't want to tell the doctor about it because I'm afraid of what he might say. Could I have a little amen, a, a whisper of some kind that says, I don't want to tell him because he's going to tell me something and I can't bear it. Well, we're not, truth is not dominating there. It doesn't say that we wouldn't get prayer and that we wouldn't hope and pray and get in line and, and work on it defensively, defensively, trying to shield that off so we could live our full life from some uh, malady or disease or something. But we're not free there. I want to be free. So we should all stop and say, I assess my life. I take inventory. I reckon with myself. There's an area in my life I'm not free in. I don't want to talk about it. I don't, don't, uh, I don't have a confidence about it. We ought to begin to start knowing the truth in that area. I'm amazed that Christians don't have anything about healing in their library. All, lots of my family is like, do you have anything? No, nothing, nothing. You know, don't, don't know where the scriptures are. Don't know. Just know that Jesus healed some blind eyes, basically. The woman with the issue of blood, they can sometimes pull that one up. No, nothing. Well, they're not free. They're bound on earth. They're, they're new, cre new creations in Christ. Old things have passed away, and yet they're just as afraid as any sinner. Maybe, not, maybe even more. Sinners are like, ah, oh, when it's your time, he's going to come get you. So whatever. They're, they're not even taking a thought about it. Uh, Luke chapter 12, are you there? Uh, I don't know how far we'll get this morning, but I, I'm going to work on it. 51, verse 51. Look at this. Look at this verse. I've quoted this to people, and they said, no, that's not in there. But I found it. Suppose ye that I am come, the Lord Jesus, mine's in red. Suppose ye that I am come to give peace on earth. I tell you no, but rather division. Do you know that's in the Bible? Jesus said, I've come. And then if you read on, it gets worse. He says, for from henceforth, from right now, there shall be five in one house divided, three against two and two against three. The father shall be divided against the son and the son against the father, the mother against the daughter, the daughter against the mother, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. I have come to bring division. Now let's just assess, let's reassess our, our Cinderella, our fairy tale uh, picture of the kingdom, where Jesus is holding the lamb. Did I get this right? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> what would Jesus do? He'd clean out the, 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 the money changers. <laughs> he would say, you vipers, <laughs> you whitewashed sepulchers. It might be different than what we have uh, seen in some paintings, but uh, the word here says uh, in verse 51, I, but rather division. So I looked up that word division because I've been uh, studying that, and the word means disunity. Well, God's for, Jesus is for unity. 
Everybody knows that. How can two walk together unless they agree? Well, you can't walk together unless you agree. But Jesus said not everybody's going to walk together. That's, yeah, there you go. There's the amen. Hallelujah. The word means disagreement by opinion and conduct. Disagreement. Now, there's folks I can't agree with. I just don't. They're wrong. Or one of us is wrong, but I, I, I think I'm right because of the word. I'm not trying to, to be a Republican about it. But that, bringing that up, that's why we can't talk about politics why can't we talk about politics? Because politics are not about uh, liberal and conservative uh, physical policies, although those are involved. Politics are about the godly in their rooted form and the godless. You want to know why Jews vote Democratic? Overwhelmingly, they vote Democratic because the Jewish faith is based on works. And they want a government that gives them a place to support so that they can be in helping the poor and the disenfranchised and the and out. That makes them feel good, and that's what their whole culture is about is works. It's not by grace are you saved in there. Is that right? So Jews, it's hard for them to be Republican. But you'd have to say, even though you're a Jew, and you, you got to be careful in, in your semantics here, but it's godless. Well, okay, it's messiahless, if you can go there, if you can just say it's saviorless. Because they're waiting. They're, they're, when Jesus breaks through the sky, they're gonna, the first questions all the Jews are going to ask, are you the one, or have you been here before? Because they don't know. They, they're, they're saying he hasn't been here before. And when he comes, they're going to go, wow, we thought you were going to be a ruler that would rise up and throw off our... Uh, our slavery. So politics, you can't talk about at family dinners. Not much. And you know you can't talk religion. You can't talk it because they're, they're you know, we got, we got mainline denominations that have been thrown up over this. How are you going to get your brother-in-law in the, in the boat with you? <laughs> you know, when there's Presbyterians and Episcopals and all that sort of stuff. So why is there division? This is my question this morning. Why is there division? Why do Christians not agree? And boy, there's a bunch that don't. You go on the website and, whew, it's uh, Christians disagreeing. Well, this is what I came up with. Because the kingdom is progressive. Revelation has layers. That's right. Do you believe like you used to believe? Why, they taught me tongues were of the devil. Well, why wouldn't I believe that? They're the preacher, and I'm a farmer. I'm a farmer. Farmers don't know anything except when it's time to plant and water and harvest. We don't know any of that stuff. The, the, the pastor we had then, he said that the last part of Mark 16 was not in the original codex, that uh, these signs shall follow them that believe was not in the original. So that's how he solved that problem when we brought that up. So how, why is there a division? Because there's layers of revelation. You are walking by faith in your revelation. Hopefully, you know more now than you used to. Maybe even last year. I certainly do. I'd love to get back some tapes that I put out in the, in the 80s. <laughs> Surely they're all cassettes and they've all been destroyed by now, but... Uh, I don't even believe like I used to because Revelation, but you, but you walk in the light that you have. 
You can't just wait till you have it all because you'll be in heaven. Nobody to tell. <laughs> Jesus will be telling everybody there. Look in this 1 Corinthians 13. Let me, let me just put a little light on this. I'm, I'm kind of scooting around this morning, but I believe it'll help us. Praise God. So what you think about now is not what you used to think about. You may have been used to one of those that used to think about going to heaven and hell. And that was the main marquee sign. Can we make it? Can, can I make it? Oh, my, I divorced somebody 12 years ago. Well, divorces, you go to hell for being in all sorts of stuff that, that, uh, that was written in the Gospels to the Jews because there was nobody born again, and Jesus was under the Old Covenant. He was operating Old Covenant people. He was operating under that Old Covenant, and he told them according to the law of Moses, and he told them right according to their law. But he was not talking to us. Now, a lot of the stuff, the things of morals and things of prayer, they all fit. They all fit. But uh, a lot of that stuff doesn't fit. Divorce, that doesn't fit. You read Paul later, and he, he discounts a lot. He said, uh, he said if, you, if you're single, stay single. If you're married, stay married. Uh, lots of stuff like that. Uh, worship changed. Did you know worship changed? Used to, you had to go to Jerusalem. But then Jesus said... Uh, they that worship now must worship in spirit and in truth. You can't worship according to a law. Uh, the dietary law changed. Ah, you used to couldn't eat bat. Now we can eat bat at every meal. <laughs> ah, sautéed, fried, filleted. You can have bat any way you can handle it. Hallelujah. <laughs> used to, though, you couldn't eat bat. You couldn't eat scaled or... Uh, unscaled, whatever. You couldn't eat shellfish, all that. All that's been taken away. If you receive it, if you receive your food with thanksgiving and sanctify it, it's good. It might not be good for you. It's lawful, but it doesn't mean it's profitable. Amen. So that's where Holy Spirit comes in, gives you a conscience. This isn't good for you. Brother Hagen could not drink coffee. Now, he's the father of our modern faith. He couldn't drink coffee. And he asked the Lord, I want to drink coffee. And the Lord said, it's not necessary for your life. Leave it alone. And so he never drank coffee. You go, that's, that's amazing. But that's how it was. So we all have to either get in faith if we can about something or just there's plenty. If you can't eat a sausage pizza, get the pepperoni and the hamburger. It'll work. It'll, just, it'll make you fat and happy just as easy. And, and here we go. But there's... Uh, there's layers of revelation. As you know more truth, you get more free. This is real important. I, this is not just a little, a little tidbit. This is life-changing right here, what I've just told you, that if you want to be more free, it's not time that does it. It's that you go and find truth, and you meditate it until you work out stuff that you have issues with, things that, that cause you to be anxious and worried and nervous, you work them out. You find the Scripture. You meditate them. You get them in until they displace. We, t we looked Wednesday about you purge by the purging of your mind. Uh, you, we're renewing by the purging of our mind. We get stuff out, fears about stuff. Because uh, I know people that, that can't eat a, a piece of hamburger. <sighs> Oh, if I eat that hamburger, I, it'll clog my arteries and I'll be dead by supper. I mean, you go, no, nah, yeah. 
And, 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 and I'm not saying you should. I'm not even saying we should, but I'm just saying you're not free. You ought to say, you know, I'd rather not. It's not profitable for me to eat that. I try not to drink sweet tea. I, do I love it? Oh, it was one of the, und- the discoveries of the South that, that was Texas didn't have a handle on it all, and it's so wonderful. But it's not profitable for me to drink sweet tea. So, you know, that's just personal, though. They told me when I started out, preach the word and live your own convictions. Don't preach your convictions because they don't fit everybody. Don't, don't try to raise somebody else's kids the way you want people raised. Don't, don't try to save your money and get a budget because budgets aren't for everybody. If they're for anybody, I don't know. And, and diets and, and stuff like that. But the word is for everybody. And it's what will set you free. Just pre- and so when you preach the word, when you, when you put out the word, then it becomes whatever, it becomes the revelation that people need when they put it in to set them free. But if you put out the interpretation of the word according to you, it might not set somebody free. It might, it might be condemnation. Right. It might not even be right the way that you interpret it. Right. What the Holy Ghost said for you to get you free might not even work for somebody else. It's just so good. It just sets you, you can just feel it being liberating, like, I can make this. I can do this because we can. Amen. So 1 Corinthians 13, here we go. Hallelujah. I'm um, in verse 11, I think. Uh, Paul, here he is. This, this explains it. When I was a child, I spake as a child. The child there is the selfish one. That's the interpretation of that word. When I was a child, I was a selfish one. When I was a child, I... Uh, uh, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I matured, when I became a man, I put away selfish and carnal things. Well, that's all of us. All of us still have carnal things. I have carnal things in me, and I'm aware of them, but they're not really on the first part of my list. I got a long list of things to work on. Do you all have a list at all that you could say about? Maybe you don't, maybe, but if we, if we helped you, you might have a bigger list than you even. <laughs> we could help you with your list. You got to quit that. Why? Oh, it's bad. It's ruining you. It's taking you out. <laughs> but so, so everything in life is a priority. You and I got up this morning and we set priorities. You got to church because it became a priority and people that should be here According to the kingdom, I mean wisdom, they loved their bed. They made a priority. They made a choice. They made a, uh, an option that's not profitable for them. It's lawful. You don't have to go to church. We don't, we're not condemned when we don't go to church, but it's profitable to go to church. Amen. It is. And the more you go, listen, the more layers of revelation, the more progressive revelation will come, and you'll... Quit being a child. Every area that you're hurting in, every area that's not like you like it, is just because you don't know the truth. And the reason we don't know the truth is because we don't pursue the truth. Right. Something steps in front of it and says, pick me, pick me. And so we, we say, okay, <laughs> I will pick you. And, and, and there's no law against it. You'll still go to heaven. You're a new creation in Christ. You're going to heaven. But you might live a little troubled life down here on earth. It's going to be anxious and worried, and your money's not going to be right, and your body's going to act up. Mine acts up. Does y'all's act up? 
It acts up. It tries to tell me this is who we are. We, we're in the world, and the world is cursed with sickness, and there's nothing you can do about it because your daddy was this way, and, and uh, you didn't take care of it back when you... All the stuff that comes into your head, and the devil helps. We just got to stop it. We got to stop it. If you want, you go, well, living a good life is hard. No, it's just a matter of choices. And you only get so many a day anyway. It's not like you're going to have to put on another workload. You just turn from, for instance, staying in the bed or, or I don't, I kind of have a little headache. And so, you know, when there's five people in a house, somebody is going to have something wrong enough where we can all stay home. And if you have a bent towards that, or like God doesn't care if there's really a reason, you know, what, 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 when we say that they, they brought the dessert or they brought something at food when we order that, that's got lots of sugar in it or lots of carbs in it or lots of starch, we say it doesn't count because we, we ordered right, they just didn't bring it right. Well, that's the way people live life. It's like, ah, uh, there's a kid sick in this house and we, we all got to stay home and support that. You know that's wrong. You know there's trouble. There's trouble because there's revelation has been put aside for a carnal in a base, what Paul calls when I was a child. Adults, child adults, just like that. Amen? Now, Denning says in verse 12, uh, this is where I'm going, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. Well, uh, let me ask you, when we get to heaven, will there be a different truth over there? than there is right now. So even though it's talking about when we get there, we won't, we won't, we see through a glass darkly here, but over there we'll see face to face. Well, if, if truth or, or revelation is progressive, I can see more tomorrow than I saw yesterday. I, it doesn't have to wait for heaven. It's progressive. I, certainly there'll be a clearness, a, a clarity in heaven that we will never enjoy totally down here, but there is a way towards that that's not all or none. And so we have to wake up and say, I'm a child. In this area, I am a child. I want all my money. I don't want to give that preacher my money. He drives a better, I've heard this, he drives a better car than me, and I'm not giving him any of my money because he's got a better car than I do. I heard that more than once. Oh, yeah, and other stuff. Better house, everything. Well, on the other hand, maybe you would want your pastor to say, you would like to save your pastor. He makes this thing work. I believe I'll listen to him. Maybe not, but it could be. So we've been talking about how truth is the dividing line in your life. It's not your background. It's not your socioeconomic uh, uh, raising. It's not uh, you having to raise your little brothers because your mama died when you were four. It's not, uh, it's not, it's not, it's not. It's not because you're Oriental or Hispanic or black or white. It's not you, your gender. It's not because you're, uh, there's a commercial on TV about a, a young black boy that has no, no hand. And they're just telling him. You can do this. Get this. Get this. Get this. Turn. Get this. Get this. And then they show him, I don't know, it's a draft or something. You know, he's got that. There, there's no, you can cry, baby, cry about anything. The, the, I wrote down the desire and pursuit of truth is the beginning of freedom. So I'm, I'm preaching this to me. I'm marking me. Michael, if you want it better, it's not going to be time. It's not because you get to older. It's going to be because you stop this childish stuff and replace it with a pursuit of truth. 
So I have decided to become a truth chaser, a truth lover. If it's, and I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty cranky about it. When people start saying stuff to me that's not true, I used to just let it slide like whatever. But now I don't. Is this right? If I see it that's not truth, I, I stop it. And it's, some of it's none of my business. I'm not even saying I'm right about it, but I stop it. I like, I, uh, uh, uh. Someone told me the other day, they said, well, I can't do that. I'm on a fixed income. Well, I did come unwound. <laughs> Tithers are not on fixed income. We're not on a fixed income. That's why we tithe. And I just kind of come unwound, but I got the point across. She, she never had to wonder what I thought. And that's what you got to be in some dimension. Be, be better than I am. Be more graceful than I am. But I'm a pursuit. I'm a lover of truth. Because it's the only thing that's going to change me. Nothing. My parents couldn't change me. Uh, Debbie, you know, she worked on me. She hammered me, you know, about stuff. I didn't ever change much. Deborah Ann, she's already thrown in two or three towels. It's like, whatever. She got me too old to, to work on too much. But Jesus, I'm saying, I'm your man. I'm your boy. Whatever you want, I am bought with a price. I got that truth in me. I am bought with a price, not my own. So I just, I just threw my ownership stuff out and just said, he's leased me for the rest of my days, and I, I can do whatever I want, but it'll never be what I want. It'll just be what I do. I ate ice cream last night, and I just said, I'm going to enjoy this. I, you know, this morning got on the scales and said, ah, <laughs> ah, don't get on the scales is my new rule. <laughs> Hallelujah. So let's just, I got a few places to go this, eve, this morning. Faith is the process of filling your heart with truth. You go, well, what's faith? It's this wooey, vapory, cloudy thing that you can't really put your hand on. Sure you can. The Bible says it's a substance. It's a substance. It's a placeholder. It's a, it's a, it's a, what, it's a real thing in your life that uh, holds your life or holds you, your heart until your eyes can see something else moving in and replacing it. But it's real. Faith is real. And, and the way you know it's real is that when something comes and you're defensive, you're, something comes and says, this is how your future is going to be, a diagnosis or a job problem or your kids or whatever, whatever comes that, that upsult, upsets your norm, you can feel, I, I can feel it whether I got this or not. And you go, well, I worried about it, but I, I, but I had it. No, if you worried about it, you didn't have it. Because if you ever heard of something that was little and it came and you got, just take care of it this way, just, and you just settle it right there. You just settle it right there. Well, that's faith. We, sometimes we think faith is a, is a hunkering down and getting yourself garrisoned about and throwing out your big gun. But sometimes it's just a confidence. I got this. This will not affect my future. What, what the devil meant for evil, this will turn for my good. And then even getting up in the morning saying, I'm feeling pretty free this morning. I believe I'm going to go after something. I believe I'm going to get a raise on my job. Well, why would you do that? Because it's time. It's time. I've been believing God for a vacation property for many, many years. I know it seems like that's carnal or whatever, and that's just my conviction. I don't care what you do. I just don't want you to care what I do, except if I'm in raw sin or something. Then I want you to come rescue me. But this is not that. 
and everybody has their priorities and their 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 flow. But for someone like me, it's it's real beneficial. It helps me in what I do to well anyway, anyway, anyway. And the other day I felt myself. I I uh I, I read something that had been from the past that was written down. And uh, it was written down. It said it's time for a vacation property. Something that, that had come up in prayer and had been written down. And we've had journals or, or uh, uh, notebooks. And I've had my motorcycles in there. I've had a paid-for house in there. I've had everything in my life that, I, that I've gotten has been a picture in a, what we call a Spirelli notebook, you know, where you wrote it in there and you wrote under it and you got a scripture and you sat down together and you called it out in the morning. Have y'all do that? Sure you do. Well, this came up. I'd found it. And I said, it said, it's time. It's the season for a vacation home. Now, y'all don't have to worry about me because I, my money is my money and the church money is church money and there's, there's ne they never cross the twain just like, just like y'all, so it's it's okay. Besides that, I can believe God for it. I, that's what I'm doing is I'm not trying to take my salary and do it because it's taking most of that to function and get all everything going. But it's out there, and it's offensive. What I like about it, it's my faith on the offense of taking some ground. And it's not that I'm looking for a place to get away. I, it, I, for 25 years, I've said I want a place that I can give to others, that I can have my friends get the key and go and have my kids and go and stuff. That's not for everybody because some people just, you know, they wail on their kids. Well, you left the water on and it dripped $40 worth. You know, you some people can't do that. And I might not could have, but I can now. And so I'm just sharing this with you. Get a dream. Faith is a substance, but you can't do it by hoping. It's not in your head. It's not up here. It's down here. And this is... Every time uh, faith cometh by hearing, faith arises by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the God kind of faith comes by reading the God kind of word. So if you meditate the word, himself bear my sickness, my sins in his own body on the tree, that I, having died to sin, should live under righteousness by whose stripes ye I was healed. As soon as you meditate that, there's a deposit made, and it goes down in here, and you're stronger. You're reinforced. Now, through the grind of the day and the week and the month, that is diminished. It, faith is used. It goes off. It, it's fighting the things from television, from, from the doc. It's, you use it in an intangible way, but it is actually there. But we can't really measure it. So you got to stay topped off. Family, I'm telling you this morning, you got to stay topped off. You cannot wait, like the world does, where you said, I want the max for the minimum. I, I want all that you got, but how little do I have to pay? That's what people are about salvation. Well, what do I have to do to go to heaven? Well, lordship is not have to do. Lordship is, woohoo, Jesus, what can I do? Let's do more. Let's think about this more. Let's... I want to go to church. I want to read my word. It just, it's wonderful. I want to go lay hands on this. What do I have to do to go to heaven? How many of y'all know that's missing the point? Well, we, we all have that in some dimension about what do I have to be able to fight off sickness? 
How much do I have to study? Got to keep your tank full. Wherever you are, you got to have an overflow where you're just always ready. So no matter what comes, you here's your first response. I got this. You may not know how. You may not know what turn it's going to take. You may not. The testimonies that uh, Deborah Ann reads, sometimes it involves people doing funny things, like we prayed three times before the headache went. You go, well, what's that all about? Well, that's, that's the process of faith. Well, what do we care? We hear from God, and He'll lead us, and He wants us healed more than we do. You put the Word in, and in this regenerated spirit life that's down inside of us, this belly thing that's down in here, you put the Word, you feed the Word to your regenerated born-again man, and it, it grows, and it's strengthened. Just, just like we feed Trace all, not we, but the little, the little kid eats a mile and a half of stuff every day. And someone's having to sit there and, and put it in. There's a bottle or a spoon going in that kid all the time. But he's growing. He's, he's like a rock, a meteor rock. You know those are heavier. Well, that's the way it is inside here. you got to feed it. You can't, you can't meet the challenge of cancer with an emaciated, uh, fragile, weakened condition inside and say, ah, we, we can take the hill. You've got to have something in here strong that just says, it's kind of like our politics, uh, 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 victory through strength. You just stay strong all the time instead of, well, how, how strong do I have to be? You'll never be strong enough. It'll, it'll take up your life. And you, you won't like it at all. But when you do put the word in, and, and here's the point, you put it in until you're persuaded to believe. One thing the Lord did for River Church, and this is really special. He did it for me. I hope he did it for you. Years ago, he told us to be easily persuaded to believe. That's one reason my life since last year has gone so fast. I've been able to acclimate to things that people said, that's too fast. Because I have become easily persuaded to believe. When, when this building, this property came up, I, I recognized it. I saw it. It was, a, it was a neon sign through the windshield. And I said, that's God. I, was easy, I have developed a, bring it, God, I'm ready. And sometimes I flinched and sometimes I've been wrong. But most of the time... I'm on. Are y'all on here lately? Easily persuaded to believe. You, you go, well, that's not important. It has been for me. And the other thing has been uh, everything is turning out amazing. That's a form of easily persuaded to believe because you just say, this is going to work. A hundred miles of details, but it's going to work. And then Pastor Moss said that that Sunday night to us. He said, everything is just right. Well, that takes everything, everything is turning out amazing out of the present progressive to the past tense. Everything is just right. So that's what I say now. Her and I say, everything's just right. There's a finality to that. There's a, there's a finishing it off to that. And you go, what's this all about? It's an attitude of faith. It's a, it's a perspective that just says, the greater one's in me. Really? Yes, he is. He's in me. And it makes a difference. I don't live like I used to. He's always been the greater one. He's always been in me, but I didn't know that. I wasn't persuaded. 
I wasn't convicted. I wasn't for sure. But now I'm sure I can't lose. I may stumble around. I may, you know, I may miss the mark here and there. But if I stay on, I will always win. I can't fail because God's in me and he can't fail. Now think about that. If he's in you, for him to, for you, for him to fail or for you to fail is means that he can't take responsibility for our failure. So we have to say, I failed, so I was disconnected. I didn't know the truth, and I was not free. The devil gobbled me up. I, some people, it's like, that's too much trouble. I'll just take my chances. That's most of the Christian world. But there's a few of us. The remnant is what the Word calls it, the remnant that just says, we're holding out for better. It doesn't, the majority does not rule here. We just hold out and say the Word is true or we're toast. And there we go. So uh, well, I got something really good I was going to share with you all. What was that? <laughs> That's a joke. Are you? Well, um, this all brings us to the point of the contradiction. Jesus said, I've come to bring division. Well, the division is, is some will know the truth at one level, and others will not know that truth at that level, and there becomes a contradiction or a division. I told my, uh, someone real big in my life back when I first started out, and I said, uh, I said, uh, God doesn't have a time for you to die. It's not in the Bible. Well, that just, that just unravels a lot of people. And I said, yeah, Psalm 91, verse 16 says, With long life I will satisfy you. And in, in, uh, God told Solomon, an old covenant man said, With long life. He said, uh, Riches and honor and long life. It, it's, it's a, it's a commodity. It's not a variable. It's a, it's a standard. And so this man just come unwound. Well, you gotta have God tell you that there's a time. You gotta know that when people die, they just died. No, they got sick and they didn't stop it and the devil got them. And you make them mad, and sometimes it's not profitable to make them mad over that. But um, my point is, is that when you, when you hear the Word, when you meditate the Word, and that's what we're doing this morning. We're, we're, we're kind of, we're, this isn't deep, but it's, it's, it's introspective. It's, it's, it's not just saying, quit sinning and quit doing bad things and you'll be okay. Help somebody and you'll be okay. That's not the truth. The truth is, is we've got to live a life of faith. A life of faith. So when you hear the word, when you meditate the word, suddenly faith comes and it stays. Now it will, like a computer, you know, I've got a, a, a what do you call it, a, a, a DOS computer. A, it's not an Apple, it's that other one. PC, yes ma'am. And, and I'll tell you, you've got to reboot the thing every few weeks. Because <laughs> it just it got crazy yesterday. You just hit the button, it just sits there and laughs at you. I'm not doing nothing. I'm not doing that. And then you go to shut it down and says, we're not even doing that for you. And, you know, it degrades. It, de it decays and degrades in some measure. And you got to reboot it. And then it's all fresh. We back. We're fresh. We, we, I'll do anything. Well, we all have to have that because our faith degrades and where you, it diminishes. It leaks out. So you got to stay in this. And you gotta, you got to come to church to hear this. This word that I'm preaching, you though we're very humble about it, and these are very humble surroundings, and I am nothing, I am nobody from nowhere, but this word is everything, and it will change your life if you hear it right. 
And this gospel that we're preaching right now will set men free. I know it is. I'm, I know this is, this is the answer. So faith comes. When you hear the word, faith comes. And the result of faith is, faith is a dimension that dominates every other dimension. It dominates the world. This, this carnal life, it dominates it. We call things that be not as though they were, and it dominates this life. Well, they were sick, and now they're well. They were poor, and now they got supply. It was going the wrong way, and all of a sudden it's going the right way because faith is a substance. It's something there that dominates this world. So you got to live by faith. And I titled this, Faith is Your Life. This is number eight. <laughs> you didn't know it had been going so long because everything we preach is with a slant of faith in it. There's nothing else to do. So if you're in faith, let me tell you this, can't stay long. If you're in faith, there's a contradiction going on in your life. If you don't have a contradiction, whoops, smooth sailing here. You're not in faith because faith always has a contradiction. So while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, that's a contradiction. Calling things that be not as though they were is a contradiction. And you and I have to resolve, we have to come down on the right side of the contradiction. And sometimes there's a working that out. You know, the doctor says, it's bad, and it doesn't look like it's ever going to get good. But the Word says, by his stripes you were healed, there's a contradiction there. And you have to solve it. You have to, you either have to go medical, or go loan, or dead, or you have to go God. Sometimes, if you've been out a long time, you don't have the stuff inside to go the whole way. But even when you go to the doctor, even when you go to the hospital, you've got to take your faith with you. It's not like, well, we're going medical, so we just throw faith out. Whew, you, better have, you better be dosed up. You better have pastor come see you when you get checked in. And we take hands and lay hold. Or, you know, if you got financial trouble, you got to say, okay, I'm not a tither. I'm not a giver, which wouldn't count to y'all, but uh, it's different than if you're a tither. If you're a tither, we take hold. This is no big deal. It's a deal, but not a big deal. And we're, go we're going to settle it with our faith. <coughs> and that's how it's going to be. We're going to call it in. Now, there's a great confidence and a peace that comes when you have that. This life that you're putting yourself into, that you're investing in, uh, there's nothing like it. You just hadn't worried in a long time. You've just forgot what deep depression is that people go through when they're hopeless, when they have no answer, when they have to look for a specialist or look for a, uh, someone that's going to help find a way to get them out. You just hadn't done that. And it's just a life above, and God really likes it. Uh, I wrote down here, you can decide to be in faith. So point to yourself with me and say, decide, decide. To, be to be in faith. It's not something that just comes. Now, if you read the Word, faith is going to come. But when the contradiction comes, you have to decide. Just like you have to decide in the morning. It's Sunday morning. It's 9.30. We're going to have to gallop to get there. I, I, my hair is a mess, and the kids are a mess. And what do you think, honey? And she snores. She just turns over, and you go, ah, this is a no-brainer. We'll just stay home. That's a decision you make. 
And faith is a decision you make. And once you make it, you gotta, you gotta get on that pony and ride. You got to ride it out to the end. You can't get off at the three mile marker because it may be a 10 mile race. It, you may have to. And here's the thing. I didn't get to it, but I'll just give you the, the, the headline on it. Hebrews 4 talks about what we're really trying to accomplish when we get in faith. What does that mean? I'm going to get in faith. And I'm going to tell you what it is. Hebrews 4 talks about getting in rest. Where you rest. Are y'all at rest about your eternal destination? Heaven is there. Are, are you worried about it? Are you anxious about it? Not at all. We, we have so settled that. You can't go on till you settle that. And if, if someone says, I'm fixing to put a gun to your head, renounce Jesus, you go, I'm at rest. Yeah, you're you're going to help me if anything. You know, my wife's in faith, my kid, you, you can't hurt me. You have to have that. You've got to be unafraid to die before you can truly live. But uh, you've got to go to rest in other areas. You've got to be at rest. I'm in rest in my finances right now. It doesn't mean that I'm done. It doesn't mean I've got money. I said it doesn't mean I have money. I have no money in the sense of real money, what people say money. But there's plenty more where that came from. And every time, see, I've been preaching the offering, teaching the offering every Sunday morning for 38 years. I started out talking about this because I knew that's where people were. They knew they were going to heaven, but they didn't know where they could give or not. And I've been preaching, and what it's done is it's put me on top. And so I have a, I rest in money. I, ha, I am unabashedly unafraid of lack. I've seen the kitchen sink go by so many times, there's nothing new to go by, I think, anyway. But it wouldn't matter. So rest. If you're not in rest about an area in your life, then there's, there's no truth in that place to make you free. When you're free, you're at rest. Amen. So if there's a little thing poking out your rib there and you go, what is that? Well, Uncle Ned told me he had one of them. And, and then there goes the story. Uh, you got to be like, this is no big deal. You, you can go see about it. That's not not faith. It just means you're going to go see about it so you can put a tag on it. But you got to be in rest about it, whatever you do. I had a friend that he, he went medical, but he was in rest about it, I think. But the only thing is, if you step into medical, it's pretty. they start throwing a rope around your leg and pulling you in. And where you were is not where they want you to go. And same thing with finances. You get a credit card and you get free and like, ah, let's give to God. Let's give to God. You know how fun it is to give out of somebody else's billfold or purse? It's a blast. You know, <laughs> Let me have your purse. I'm fiddling lead. <laughs> uh, you got to be at rest. So that's what I want you to think about. I want Saul to meditate, not now, but sometime, just saying, am I in rest about it? That is, peace is the umpire for doing the will of God. So when you're at peace, then you're at rest, you're in faith. But if you're not, you go, oh my Lord, I'm not at rest, then go meditate the Word. Deal with it. Deal with what's causing you to be insecure or anxious or worried. And suddenly, faith will come. And you'll, you know, I feel good about this. Now, I, I'm sorry I told you all about my vacation thing. I don't have anything going. I don't know what that would looks like. I don't know what that means. I don't know have anything. But a word from heaven can turn your life around. And this is something that's inconsequential. I am not going to rise or fall based on 
a little cabin somewhere, if that's what it was, or a little RV. I've already had a little RV, and that didn't do it. So uh, I'm just saying, I use that as an example. I'm very transparent in my life right now, uh, too much so, I think, but uh, I'm very transparent, and I want to help folks. I, want, I think I've got something to share. The thing is, is every one of you have something just as powerful or important to share. you got to find somebody to share and help and get them up. Amen? Now, Melissa said this a number of long time ago. This is what she said. She saw, I saw an excuse me, I saw an image of people that seemed to be River Church in what looked like a subway car or tram, and they were holding on because the train was accelerating so fast. Do you remember this, Melissa? I was among those holding on. I heard the words rapid acceleration. Thus saith the Lord. Now, it doesn't look like anything's moving, but we're people that call things that be not. We go with God because he knows things. You know, the higher you are up, the more you see. When Coach Bryant used to go up that thing at practice, he got up there and he saw everything. And that's what they do when they, they watch the ball games. They're, they're all sitting up high. The higher you sit up, the more you can see. Down here on the low level, I don't think Coach Saban sees much. I think he's got those headphones on, and they tell him what's going on. You, ca I, you can't see what's going on out there. That, that touchdown yesterday that Jacobs, you know, he did the wing back, and then they took it off. They called it wrong because they didn't see it. But suddenly they saw it, and truth prevailed. So we all said, thank you, Jesus. I don't mind telling you. <laughs> we kind of had an Alabama moment there, like, <laughs> we're afraid, but yay. <laughs> now, Barry Paul was never afraid. Hallelujah. I just say that to say, let's keep going. It may not seem to be moving right now, but just like the rapture is going to happen in a twinkling of an eye, a moment, other things are happening suddenly. There's a lot of suddenlies going on. And uh, be ready. We, it's not virtuous to be small. This is not virtuous. This is not like, well, we're trying to be small because that's virtuous. There's just a few of us, and everybody else is a bunch of unbelievers and a bunch of carnal. No, it's not virtuous. But if you're going to be small, be strong. Be strong. And that's all we can do right now. I'd, I'd do anything to have more people to preach to and more to share this truth. But I don't know what that'd be right now. As soon as he tells me, we'll engage. But what we do right now is we just stay strong. We just stay so potent, so powerful in our personal lives that uh, when he says, now make the turn, we're all in. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. It has never failed. It is not failing, and it will never fail. And we put everything that you put in us on this life, we put it back on your word. Lord, it is the source and our hope of all things. And we do enjoy being bought with a price. It's such liberty that we don't have to be looking out for us. We just look out for the word, and that looks out for us. Thank you, Lord, for the kingdom being such a blessing. Truly, your yoke is easy. Truly, your burden is light. Thank you for rest in the areas that we're strong in faith. And Lord, we ask you for Holy Ghost conviction to shine a light on things that we've neglected or unmindful of or even deceived about. 
Lord, help us see it so that we will not be condemned, but be convicted to get strong in that area so that we can help somebody as well. We give you praise that you've raised up a work here at River Church. We thank you, Lord, for the seed that we are, insignificant seemingly, small, inconsequential in every realm. There is nobody that would say we were comely in our stature. But, Lord, we ask you to plant us in this city, in this county, this state. Plant us so that the savor of the gospel would flow out of us into this place. And, Lord, we would see this realm changed because of you. We give you thanks for strengthening us by your might in our inner man. Giving you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, Leroy Thompson used to say money cometh, but now we say pizza cometh. (laughs) So we bless this food that's coming in Jesus' name. We sanctify it by the word of God. And thank you, Lord, the decorations go up quickly in Jesus' name. Amen. Nobody went to church like y'all did this morning. Hallelujah. Nobody. They said, oh, we didn't do that. No, we didn't do church like that. Amen. Amen. So if anybody needs prayer, I'd love to agree with you.